Hello and welcome to Movie Buffs Quick Pump, a mini show that covers the best action films of all time. I'm your host, Shani B. You can find me on all the socials at Shani B Movies. Today, I'm talking about the controversial Christmas movie, Die Hard, starring the King of Kings, Bruce Willis. If you haven't seen it, it's about a New York City cop who stumbles upon a terrorist robbery while visiting his wife for her company Christmas party in L.A. I love this movie. This is an all-time favorite of mine. So many moments in this movie that bring me such joy, and especially around this time of year, you can't, I can't get enough of that. This is another movie I had no idea was based on a book, which I love finding out that action movies are based on books. You gotta love that. I love how classy the Christmas party is when John first arrives with a live orchestra sort of always playing that ode to joy peace for us. And the pregnant lady who's looking for a glass of champagne. Ellis is doing cocaine in Holly's office. A couple's trying to hook up in there. A wild Christmas party. And in movies, Christmas parties are always portrayed this way. So man, if I go back in time, I'll have to go back and go to one of these Christmas parties. We got German terrorists, which I assume in the 80s, 90s, it's all that stuff is fair game because of whatever's going on with the Berlin Wall and such. I didn't really remember that the on-scene reporter guy has some sort of feud going with the dude who's on the actual broadcast and they keep like making him look like an idiot. But it doesn't really make sense to me because that guy is an idiot. It's not like we're supposed to like that guy. So weirdly to see him like winning a few in his life is such a random storyline I completely forgot and laughed very hard at. Obviously, the performances of this movie are legendary. You know, we have Bruce Willis playing John McClane, a character that is infamous still. And if B. Willis was still acting, I'm sure he would be making, I'm sure another one of these would be on its way out. And I'm sure they're going to try to figure out a way to get these out again, because the idea of this movie is so fun. And the character of John McClane is so fun. And opposite of him, Rickman playing the villain, a Christmas movie icon, because he's, of course, in love, actually, and this. And also he's in Harry Potter, which is like sort of a holiday movie. So he is a Christmas king. So good at being the villain in this got a great kind of character going, a really weird accent that I can't really place. I don't know I'd call German, but a lot of fun and very maniacal. I love Reginald Val Johnson here as the cop, the only cop who's like on McLean's side, understanding what's going on in there, bonding so seriously with John. They're like amazing special moment at the end where they see each other for the first time IRL after bonding so hard over the radio. And it's like a Tinder meeting and it is good. I love the limo driver, Argyle. So fun. Just like a young guy that McLean is having a great time with sitting in the front of the limo. Classic McLean smoking cigs in there and does John a solid and is all, if you don't get some, I'll wait for you and I'll take you out. And (laughs) you got to love the warm welcome John gets from these side characters. And I love side characters in movies. They're so important. They build out the world in a way that the people who are only central to the story can only do so much of. And I appreciate a character like Argyle for that reason. I mentioned already the guy playing Ellis who's doing coke in Holly's office. And that guy is such a douche. When someone is really good at playing a douche, it always makes me wonder like how much of a douche they may or may not be in real life. And this guy, I hope he's a nice guy. I've seen him in other movies. So I hope he's like not what this character is. But man, is he so good thinking he can get Han's baby to drop the gun and he can fart this thing. And sadly, he finds out the hard way that that's not going to happen. We also have Paul Gleason playing the worst cop of all time who shows up and is a total dick to Reginald Val Johnson for no reason. And then John McClane has such a great line telling him that he's been buttfucked on national TV since the terrorists kind of one-upped them when they first try to see to the building. 
Lastly, I mentioned the reporter, William Atherton, threatening the nanny and forcing his way into Holly's house. Like, he's such a monster. Why is there a storyline about him being snubbed for the, for the news other than to try to explain or make it okay that he's going to behave like such a douche? He does, and he's good at it, and I like him most in Biodome. So if you're looking for more William Atherton content, Biodome has your back. The writer of this is uh, Jeb Stewart and Steve E. DeSouza, I guess I'm going to say. And what's amazing is they're 48 hours, people. I didn't really go into them when I was covering 48 hours because I just try to stay with like the top two writers who seem to be pretty involved. And it's just amazing to discover happily by accident that like, oh, right, these guys worked on this too. And DeSouza works on a lot of stuff. Street Fighter, The Flintstones, Beverly Hills Cop 3, which I like. I don't know what everyone's favorite is, but I really like 3. And uh, Jeb Stewart also writes The Fugitive. So these are some top tier guys. And then, of course, the director, John McTiernan, Predator, buffs royalty, this guy. Also, The Hunt for Red October, which I really like, and a personal favorite of mine, The Last Action Hero. I think I'll have to cover that eventually because it's just such a good movie. McTiernan also comes back to do Die Hard with a Vengeance, which I think people like more than number two because I know that's the one I think they all hate. But I also like Die Hard with a Vengeance. Little Samuel L., little Jeremy Irons, never hurt nobody. So to get into some of the filmmaking here, the initial sequence of the group of terrorists just taking the building over, totally nonchalant, like walking in, just chatting with each other and bang, there goes the security guard. It's shot so cool. It has that systematic uh, energy momentum building kind of filmmaking to really get you squared away that like it started as a party and everybody was cutting loose and really, you know, making themselves vulnerable, having no idea somebody could come in and do this. And nice and sly sneaks in this group and we get to sneak some boobs into this story by busting up that couple that was trying to hook up earlier. They did find a spot. They did get farther in hooking up and we did get to see the woman's boobs. The uh, rooftop shootout is crazy. There's so many practical stunts going on, which is part of what I love so much about this movie. So many good practical stunts because we can't just use computers. You know, we're going to we use some. Every filmmaker wants to, but there's still some bona fide human beings flying around and having explosions go all around them. I really like the rooftop shootout because I love how from the street level, Reginald Vell Johnson is like at the gas station right after he gets the call and he can see the flashes. And I'm not sure how they did that, but it looks pretty sick. And maybe it's computers, maybe it isn't, but it's such a nice touch. It's another way to open the world up, even though we're not really leaving the tower. Oh, I also really, really love the sequence when Hans and McLean run across each other, when Hans is looking for the detonators and he just pretends to be like a goofy, scared American hostage who got away. And again, his accent is unrecognizable as any human accent. But I love the scene. It's so interesting how they square away, how they're both suspicious of each other, but they both try to play that cool. And it's a great scene, even though it's not full of action necessarily. There is a tension there that mirrors the rest of the story. And I love that scene. Also, of course, the helicopter stuff. You know, they have the helicopter crash. They've got helicopters flying through the streets of Century City. That has to have been such a cool day to, to get that many copters coming through. That's something I miss, too, is you don't see a lot of helicopters in movies anymore because I know they're hella dangerous and very expensive. But man, did they make them count when they come flying through the streets in this one. 
When it comes to the stunts in particular, I have to highlight the elevator stuff. You know, it feels really cool, very practical. McLean's making a homemade bomb. He kind of drops it down and then the huge explosion comes through. The, the amount of fire power that this movie is packing just in terms of bombs going off, but also lots of little explosions to signal bullet fire is amazing. And the scene where all the glass is being shot all over the place and McLean is still barefoot and having to go through all the glass, his blood, that blood is so fun. It feels like it really goes over the top in that scene, just in terms of being like, this guy is now dragging blood behind him. And I love that practical makeup. I love that little touch of this guy is taking a hit, even though his attitude remains and he still has resolve. The guy is bleeding everywhere. If I have to pick a favorite, though, I think using the fire hose to repel off the roof is such a fun stunt. You know, he ties a knot around his waist and just flies over, which is crazy. The huge explosion and helicopter crash that follows it is just gnarly. It's so ambitious and it looks great. Now, when it comes to kills, this is where it gets really hard because, you know, there's a kill every couple of minutes here. We got Takagi going out pretty early because he won't give up a code. We got McLean taking out a henchman by just falling down the stairs and breaking his neck. We got another guy through the table just getting lit up in the crotch and... We got Ellis being chummy, getting killed. Another henchman with some exploding knees before he flies through the glass and lands right on his neck. The henchman that shows up at the very end to give Reginald V some redemption. Him and John McClane fighting and getting strung up by chains, you know, hanging. The big death of this movie I think everyone is always looking forward to is Hans's. It's a legit stunt. They tricked Alan Rickman. There's a great Netflix show that talks about the behind the scenes of this movie. It's so much fun. And it's a totally satisfying slow-mo death where you really see like, yeah, he got you. And it's great. Well, all right. That about wraps it up for me. Thank you for listening to Movie Buffs Quick Pump and for breaking down Die Hard with me. You can follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at Action Movie Buffs, and you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Shani B Movies. Thanks again for listening. Hope to see you next time on Movie Buffs Quick Pump. Stay buff. Mm-hmm.